Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in a series exploring Ephesians, Paul's inspired letter to Christians in Ephesus and also to us. Our topic today, husbands and wives together at the cross. Whether you're married or single, there are some powerful lessons for you today. We're glad you joined us for Hope Sabbath School and welcome to the team. Raise your hand if you're married. Raise your hand if you're not. All right, so we've got some good representatives here who are going to help us with this important topic. And we have some remote team members with us. Rodney, good to see you again. You're an expert on marriage, so we'll be glad to hear from you. And Glennie, you're joining us too. And I just want to pause and thank Glennie because Glennie, Glennie did the lead vocals for our theme song, I therefore beseech you. So thanks, Glennie. We're glad you're also with us because you sing along with us on the theme song. And we're always happy when you write to us and let us know how a study of the Word of God is blessing your life. Here's a note from Don in Canada. Thanks, Don, for writing. And Don writes and says, Thank you and the team for presenting a very enlightening Hope Sabbath School each week. I have watched it for many, many years, in addition to attending my local church. Over the years, it's become my pleasure to be acquainted by name with various team members. (laughs) I was in hospital a few weeks ago. I was quite pleasantly surprised to see a brand new set on Hope Sabbath School. It's quite attractive. I find it interesting how the Zoomers appear right on the wall. Well, we've got two Zoomers today, Rodney and uh, Glennie. And thanks, Don, for writing to us. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School. Here's just a short note from Sherry in Australia. But I thought it was an important note for each one of us. Sherry writes and says, I watch Hope Sabbath School because you make the Bible easy to understand. Amen. Amen. Our goal is to help people understand the Bible to find freedom, healing, and hope in Jesus. So if they don't understand what we're saying, can't help them, right? Sherry, thanks for reminding us of the importance of helping the Bible to be easy to understand. Well, here's a little handwritten note. My, it's from a couple in Indiana. Thank you. You'll recognize who you are when I read your short note. And it says, my wife and I watch Hope Sabbath School every day. It is a wonderful message of love and salvation. Every day. You know, in addition to our weekly study, we repackage those studies in a daily Bible study. So this person is watching every day. We are in Indiana in the United States And we're in our 90s, (laughs) but we enjoy your program. Well, I think we're not going to read their name because they gave a a donation to us of $50. You know who you are, but can we give them a wave? They're in their 90s there in Indiana. (laughs) Thanks for being part of our Hope Sabbath School family. And thanks to each one of you who support us. We're a donor-supported ministry. And I'm always encouraged that people say, I can be part of that miracle helping the message of God's immeasurable, unfailing love Amen. go to the world. So thank you. You can go to our website, hopetv.org, slash HopeSS. Click on the Donate button. I think I have one more. Here it is. Somewhere in the United States, Walter, you live. And I didn't find out where, but you can certainly write to me. Walter writes and says, 
Greetings, Hope Sabbath School team. Walter gets the wave. It's been over a year since we became avid watchers of Hope Sabbath School, and what a blessing. We have been bestowed with knowledge, and our faith and trust in the Lord has grown exponentially. Thanks for your ministry. Well, Walter, I hope you can write back to us, because I'd like to know who the we is uh, that's been watching and where you live. And wherever you are today, we're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family, too. Have you downloaded that special gift for this series on exploring Ephesians? It's a book entitled Acts of the Apostles. It's a wonderful resource, including about 40 chapters just on the ministry of the Apostle Paul, including his ministry right in Ephesus. That's what we're studying about the letter to the Ephesians. You can get your free copy. You know, I checked today, and there are over 20 languages available. So whatever language is your preference, you can download a digital copy of Acts of the Apostles. Just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen, and you'll receive information how you can receive a digital copy of Acts of the Apostles. Now you see, Derek, I have it, part of my study library. Great. Tell your friends. Tell others who want to study more deeply into the ministry of the apostles, and I know they'll be blessed too. Right now, we want to invite you to sing along with us. As I mentioned, one of our remotes, Glennie, provided the lead vocals for this theme song. You can download it from our website and the sheet music. Right now, let's sing it together. I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With holiness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. With holiness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of Spirit in the bond of peace. I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. I therefore beseech 
invites you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Amen. Well, let's study together about husbands and wives together at the cross. Whether you're married or single, this study is for you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the inspired testimony from the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit to Christians in Ephesus and also to us today. Guide us in our study. Hope Sabbath School members around the world, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in Ephesians chapter 5 and beginning with verse 21, we're going to receive some insight really about all kinds of relationships in this study and the study that will follow. But uh, specifically today, we're looking at husbands and wives. And Jonathan, would you begin our study by reading Ephesians 5, verse 21, because this is general counsel for all believers. All right. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, does everyone have that same translation to submit? Uh, submit. Oh, I have Samuel, a, what, what does the New American Standard Version say there? It says, be subject to one another. Be subject. Oh, that doesn't help, <laughs> does it? Uh, what, Nicole, what do you think uh, Paul's getting at when he says, submit to one another? You know, I think when I was little, we, I do wrestling, and you know, if the pain got too intense, you'd slap your hand and say, I submit. But that's not what this is talking about. I mean, you have to look at the context. It says, out of reverence for Christ. And when you think of Christ, you think of love, and then you think of submission. It's more of a working together, in a sense, to towards a goal, I think. I think of what I think of submit. And so, in reverence to Christ, is there's a love component to that submission and to that being subject to, and I'll use the word from the, uh, from the other Bible, subject to, but it's all out of love because it's in reverence to Christ. I, I like that, that working together image. Uh, Samantha, could you take us to another writing? We're, we're staying in Ephesians for our study, but look at Philippians for us. The next letter that, that was also written uh, from prison to the Christians in Philippi, in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, Let's see if that sheds a little more light on this submitting to one another. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. So that's working together, right? Can you think of another principle of Jesus? It's not in our study guide here where Jesus says, uh, well, treat, treat others. Don't just think about yourself, but think about others. Anybody, Samuel? The golden rule yes. Matthew 7, 12. You know, where do unto others what you would have them do to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe another way of putting it, treat others mm-hmm. you want to be treated. the way you'd like them mm-hmm. to treat you. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, idea that, that Nicole alluded to, that, that it's uh, kind of, um, well, 
out of reverence for Christ. Yes. So is that the motivation? Mm-hmm. Uh, what motivates us to treat others? Uh, Rodney, what do you think motivates us to treat others um, in a way of working together the way we would like to be treated ourselves? I keep remembering John 3 and verse 16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave. So he gave because he loved the world. And so it is with us. Um, he places that love within our hearts so that we can love each other. So the motivation behind our study, really, um, husbands and wives, and even if you're single, is the love that Christ has placed in our hearts. Mm-hmm. You, you talked about that model, and I'd like to read again from the Philippian letter, and I'll ask uh, Stephanie if you read because really Jesus is the model, isn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Of uh, submitting out of love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Submitting or working together, except really he's the one that works. But, but we'll discover even in the plan of salvation that we have to cooperate, right? We, we choose to accept that. Let's see how the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2. Some people think that these verses are actually an early Christian hymn the way it's Mm -hmm. written, that they may actually have, this may have been a scripture song. Mm -hmm. Interesting thought. How does the Apostle Paul write in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Amen. So I don't know, maybe it's just in North America, we should ask for an email from wherever you are in the world, but there used to be a little, people would put on the t-shirt, WWJD, mm-hmm. wow. WWJD. Glennie, do you remember? Do you remember, Glennie, what that stood for? WWJD. What would Jesus do? Okay. Uh, would you say that might be a good guideline for all relationships? What would Jesus do? And what have we learned from what Stephanie just read? What would Jesus do? Self-sacrifice. It would be self-sacrificing love, love, wouldn't it? Self-sacrificing love. So if we took that principle and said, okay, now let's look at some specific relationships. In our study today, let's talk about wives with their husbands, husbands with their wives. Next study, we'll talk about children with their parents, parents with their children. We'll, We'll look at other relationships. But could we hold that and say, what would Jesus do? in this relationship. Samuel? And just before we move on to the specifics, one thing that I'm reminded when we talk about submission in this biblical aspect is that it's putting others' wants or need above ours. Putting others above mm. us. And, and I think when we remember that Jesus bought all of us with a price, mm. when we have that in mind, the way we treat with others becomes very different. Amen. I think you're right, mm. Samantha. Yes, and, and as we consider the context of husbands and wives, we consider the, the church and Christ consider us 
the bride. So he's mm. a chief bridegroom and he's like the bride price. You know, in some cultures where you have to pay a large sum, the, the, the husband to be has to pay this sum of money for the bride to be. And, you know, Christ, he became that price. He gave it, he paid it all mm. for, for us. You know, mm. he laid down his entire life. It wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, can I bargain this down for a lower price? Mm. You know, he didn't do that. He gave all for us. Back to what Rodney said, that very well-known text, God mm. so loved that he... Yes. Yeah. That's it. Just remember it right there. Uh, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you to read a text that has often been misused. Hmm. Um, and, and I know you're married, and so... Uh, <laughs> Your wife might be listening and I'm interested in your comments. But uh, I'd like to look at Ephesians chapter 5 now, verses 22 to 24. Counsel to Christian wives. All right. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. <clears throat> wives, <clears throat> submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, this is a text that has been misused. I'm seeing some frowns. Uh, people have said, Wife, you have to submit, you know, mm -hmm. like I've got my foot on the, mm -hmm. the poor wife's neck because it says in the Bible, wife submits to your husband. They don't read the next little phrase, right? Mm -hmm. It's just this idea of domination, mm -hmm. uh, yes. abuse even, mm -hmm. right. and claiming the Bible as the authority mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, I know that your wife <laughs> would correct you if you said, is this... What it means. <laughs> she always does exactly what I want her to. <laughs> no, I, I think it is very important, the context. I mean, we talked about it before, where we're out of reverence for Christ and submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. It's, I mean, the, the, the groundwork is this example and, and living out character of, of God as represented in Christ. Christ never came to demand that people obey him because of his position and came with an authority and said, you will do such and such and I will command everything you need to do. God draws us to himself. He loves us. He lays down his life. Is Christ the authority of the church? Yes. But how? And how does he earn that authority? How does he demonstrate it? And I think that that ground level has to be the foundation. Oh, I see a few hands raised. I remember a, a, a wife saying to me one time, not mine, <laughs> but a wife <laughs> saying, if a husband loves the wife like Christ loves the church, there's no problem in working together. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no problem. Whatever this submission is, caring about the other more than just about myself, as Samantha read, if they're, if they're loving you like Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, um, that's actually a very wonderful and safe place to be, right? Mm -hmm. Jason. 
Yeah, so Christ even said when he was on this earth, of himself he can do nothing. He only does the will of God. And so a godly husband will be following Christ's example, will be doing only what Christ would have him mm. to do. He wouldn't be able to do anything else if he's following Jesus' example. Mm. Mm. Glennie, I want to ask you a question, then come back to the studio here, because I know that you're doing some graduate work in counseling. There must be some wives, and of course you have protect privacy, so you're not going to tell us who they are, but this is a text that has caused a lot of confusion and concern. Uh, what, what are you seeing as you're talking to people? I think there's this idea of how submission can mean inferiority, mm. or submission can also mean silence. Mm. But you see in the case of Christ and God, he he was one was not better than the other they're they're still so equal but it was this mutual respect and like everyone has mentioned here the prerequisite to submission is submitting to christ first yes. mm -hmm. and i think that changes the entire dynamic in a counseling room most of my clients are non-christian so they they already come with that mentality without christ in the picture and that's such a dangerous place to stand in um so, yeah, the, the, it changes the whole dynamic without having Christ as the one we're already submitting to. Mm. Mm. In, in the reverence for the Lord, right? Yes. So if we are submitted to Christ, Glennie says, that changes everything. Rodney? Derek, after marrying, being married for 21 and a half years, I'm sweating here um, to address your question. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you know what is interesting here in all seriousness? I don't know if us as husbands, for those who are married, are really paying close attention to this text. We are actually compared to Christ. That's the measure. So the text is saying, wives, submit to your husband who is like Christ. Mm. So it behoves us as husbands. We can't do that by ourselves clearly. Mm. But we need we need the Holy Spirit to help us to be to come to the to the level um, that He's calling us to, so that our wives, as you said, Derek, wives don't have challenges when we're reflecting Christ in our marriages and in our families and in our communities. Wives don't have a challenge with um, submission, if you will, that as how it is being described. And we, if if our wives are um, just like Christ too, as husbands, we have no we we shouldn't have an issue with uh, working together with our lives. Submitting to one another in love, right? Yes. Well, um, there is there in the verse, at least in my translation, it says uh, in verse 24, in everything. If you were struggling with submitting to uh, your <laughs> spouse at all, let me just add, in everything. <laughs> uh, Samantha. The key, but the key that what comes after is as, um, I'm not sure if you're going to read Colossians 3.18, as fitting to the Lord. Mm. So, Well, would you like to read that for us? Because I want to ask you, would there ever be a time when you say, I, I can't work together? Mm. Uh, okay. You know, if your spouse comes and says, I'm going to rob this bank, <laughs> you drive the getaway car. That's working together, but but is that working together in the Lord is the question. Okay, how, does, how does it read there? That's also, by the way, one of the letters written in prison to Christians now in Colossae. 
And what do you see there in Colossians? Okay, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Colossians 3, verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. So that's a little more specific, Nicole, than just as to the Lord. I'm like the Superman and you have to... It says, that is fitting. Unpack that for me. So... We, we, we've established that Christ gave everything for us. And if we're going to compare our relationship to one in Christ, then husbands must be Christ-like. Mm. And so it's fitting to submit to someone who is following the example that Christ has led mm. and Christ mm. is doing. And so for me, I look at it as if we're both working towards that goal of heaven, then it will be easy to submit to someone who is reflecting the love that Christ has for them in me. And we're going to come back to Council for Husbands in, in a minute, but Rodney pointed out it's a two-way street, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a mutual submission in love. So um, can you think, I mean, I kind of talked about driving the getaway car and robbing mm-hmm. a bank, but <laughs> can you think of a time when a spouse might pressure a spouse to do something, but you say, I can't do that as is fitting in the Lord. An example, Jason. Well, I'm thinking of a biblical example with Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab was supposed to be one of the kings of Israel, had the convictions of God, but he listened to his wife Jezebel, who led him to uh, do a lot of false practices that were contrary to the word of God. Including murder someone for a vineyard, right? Okay. Yes, Sandili? I'm... I'm reminded of the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, the, the Bible says they came to Peter at different times. Uh, Sapphira, she could have said, no, we did not sell this land at this much. But uh, she listened to the counsel of her husband like mm-hmm. they had spoke about it before. So we come to God as individuals. Not mm. as uh, That's really important, Sandeli. Mm. And, and by the way, if you're watching and you say, where did that come from? It's in Acts chapter 5, five isn't yes. it? Where, where uh, Ananias lies, mm. but, but Sandeli is saying, Sapphira could have said, I'm sorry, my husband just lied to you. Mm. They end up yes. both dead. Yep. Mm. But she, she didn't have to yep. comply. Mm. She may have felt some pressure though, right, mm-hmm. Samuel? So uh, my friend shared a story of his grandmother. She was, uh, they were going to a different church, but she was convicted to go to church on Sabbath. And, and she studied the Bible and she was wanting to be baptized. But the uh, husband, he was like, no, you're not going to be baptized. If you're going to be baptized, I have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time she was at the crossroads, but she still went ahead, went ahead and got baptized because for her conviction Com- that mm-hmm. comes from God was much more, you know, weightier than what her so, husband was So saying. that decision he was demanding was not as is fitting in the Lord, exactly. as Samantha read. Mm-hmm. Is there another text in Acts 5? Somebody remember that text? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney, I see your hand raised. You probably could quote the text too, where mm-hmm. Peter says something about, oh, it's we ought to, to obey God, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Rodney, did you have a comment? The, the comment that I had was with regards to an example of um, godly people who, who um, one, 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 a spouse, a husband influencing the, the, the wife. 
Um, it was with Abraham and Sarah when Abraham was going. Well, he took his family down to to Egypt as a result of a famine that was in in Canaan, and he influenced Sarah to lie about whether she was uh, his is his wife or his sister, and so Sarah went along with the, with the plan and she lied to say that she Sarah was Abraham's sister, which is half truth, which is a lie. The other example was, um, which is contrasting, is with Joe and his wife. Calamity hit the family. All the all the, the children were killed. It's, it's all this possession done, and essentially his wife said, "Why don't you just curse God on that and, and die?" And Job said, "You know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away." Mm-hmm. So you see two examples here of spouses and one following the other in line and the other one standing up for God. So mm-hmm. we, we need to be careful. We always need to be connected to God in mm-hmm. all cases. And you know, I have a personal opinion, which I'll share. Probably someone will write to me and say, I don't agree with you. But but I think we're a little overly hard on Job's wife. Uh, she just lost all of her children. Mm-hmm. I think she was cr- clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of a cry for help. Almost, and but you know he doesn't call her foolish. He says you speak as a foolish woman, right? Mm. Think so, and you know she's she's with him through that journey. So let's not be too hard on her, mm-hmm. but for sure uh, we can find stories where a wife might say we ought to, I ought to obey God, God rather than man. Man. including my husband, man, mm-hmm. yes. if he's telling me to do something that that the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not fitting in the Lord yeah. to stay yes. with the same language right. so far. So I want to talk to uh, those of you who are wives. Um, so we've actually got Samantha here. And Samantha, you're our expert on the panel. So what would you say, <laughs> as a representative of tens of thousands of wives watching, what's a simple takeaway lesson from this part of the council to uh, husbands and wives? Well, um, for me, um, the wife is to be a support, a helpmeet. You know, as God created, when he created Adam, he saw that, oh, he needed a helpmeet. And this, and we must be wives who are, who fear God. And if we fear and love God, then we will not have a problem with the word submission. And if our husband is following uh, after God. And for me, I, I believe too that there is none that should have any submission over God. He stands taller mm-hmm. than everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. And that is ultimately what I would say um, to this. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone's watching and saying, I think maybe the best thing I should do, and this thought came to me if it makes sense, maybe the best thing I can do is pray that my husband will draw ever closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that too. Because as someone said, if he's going to reflect Jesus that beautifully, mm-hmm. he's going to need to be close to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So rather than nagging or uh, criticizing, uh, maybe, maybe praying, mm-hmm. Lord, draw my husband ever closer to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, there are no perfect... There are no perfect husbands in the world, right? True. Uh, but, but Jesus can enable us. Yes, Jackson. I also think that one important aspect is us being very close to God. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not just about the husband or wife being close. It's also about us individually. Mm. Our relationship with God is very important. Sure. And when we are close enough with God, then we'll be able to reflect God's love to our spouse, which can help them also to be sub subject and submit mm. themselves to God. Mm. All right, we're going to go to husbands now. Counsel mm -hmm. to Christian husbands, Jason. I'm going to have you read Ephesians 5.25 because we've been talking a little bit about the, the, the way that husbands should act, but Paul gets pretty specific in verse 25. The New King James Version says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Mm. So... We all grew up in less than perfect homes. I know that I did. This is not to disre disrespect, be disrespectful to my family. But some of us didn't grow up seeing a father love a mother as Christ loved the church and gave himself mm. for her. As, am I talking the truth mm -hmm. here? Yes. You know, yes. Some of you are like, well, I did. I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Praise God. You're blessed. But not all of us did. Well, so, for those of us who didn't, how, how do we learn to do that? How do we learn to love our spouse mm -hmm. as Christ loved the church mm -hmm. and gave himself for her when we've, we've never seen that? Uh, Jonathan? I, I can't speak to the situation of having a, a terrible example, but to me it is, it is humbling. I mean, I, looking at this and just seeing the, the calling, the... Uh, demonstration, it's, it's higher than any of us naturally can be. Mm -hmm. And I would think for both situations, there is, I mean, we can't do it of ourselves. We, we can't, we can't submit. We can't trust God in tough situations. We can't do anything unless we're day by day surrendering and, and living in, in dependence upon God's spirit. So, okay. I would calling. agree with you, but I still need to know what it looks like, mm -hmm. Nicole. Well, I think that it looks like what we talk about all the time is asking for that guidance, asking for that strength, asking for that love, asking for the wisdom and the things that we did not possibly grow up with to be able to then give to those that are around us and our spouses, our children included. Um, and so it begins with us praying and asking God, please give me you so I can be you to those that I come in contact with. And I think that's really important. I, I have a personal testimony that, that helped me. So I'm going to Go to that in just a minute. Glenny. I was just having a conversation about this with a friend yesterday for about two, three hours. We were trying to figure out what does love mean, blah, 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 all of that. And towards the end, I was like, hey, what about 1 Corinthians 13? So we turned on to that, turned to that chapter. And then you just see, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm just a clanging symbol, and then love is patient, it's kind, it does not boast, it does not envy, it does not seek itself. That was all the requirements of what love is. And then you compare it to the image of Christ, you're like, whoa, that, that is what love is. So I think that is so cool that the Bible has uh, its own standards on what love should look like and how I can be more like that. And uh, you know, we've talked about this. This is the agape 
love, the self-sacrificing love. That's the word that's used there in 1 Corinthians. It's the same that God so loved. That's the verb, agapao. So it's right there, loving with the love that's poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. But I want to come back to what it looks like. I think Lenny helped us some. Samantha? I, I, I wrote down three words. I have look at Christ. Okay. And, yes. And then I, I want to share Genesis 2, verse 24. Okay. Give um, us a, a moment. Let's go back to Genesis 2, verse 24. I want to look at Christ, but I may need something uh, also very practical. Uh, which I will share with you in just a moment. Okay. Genesis 2, verse 24. Okay, and that's from the New King James Version. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. But I want to say, if you'll have that self-sacrifice in love, because if what you want for yourself, if you're in your right mind, you won't hurt yourself, Right. Mm. We're going so, to come to that in uh, Ephesians yeah. five twenty-eight. Yes. Yeah. So I, I feel look at each other. You're one. So then, if you have the, if you look at Christ, He's the perfect example, and that's why I said look at Christ. Mm. So I think that's all true, Stephanie. <laughs> all right. So I think that the first thing is to recognize that you don't want to be like what you saw. Okay. And then. And you don't have to be. And that's right. Yep. That's called that's called a life commandment or a life principle. Yes. Mm. Well, you're just like your. Okay, you're saying you don't have to be that way. You don't have to, but I think you first need to recognize that what you witnessed was not God's plan. Mm. Otherwise, you have no desire to make a change. Okay. And then This is just the way we are in the, and you give the last name of your family, right? It's just how the men are, or, Mm. okay? And then look for a godly man oh, in the thank church you so much. who is representing <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'm so thankful you said that. And I didn't tell you to say that, did I? But I can tell you, and then I'll come to Jason and Rodney, I can tell you uh, as a young husband that there was a couple uh, teaching at the university where I was teaching that, that were a beautiful model to me. Mm-hmm. And I could mention their names. Uh, they were both professors at the university, but I saw what looked like how Christ loves the church and gives himself for her in that relationship. Now, what startled me was at their 25th wedding anniversary, which we went to, they said to their friends, and my wife and I were there, thank you for praying for us. We wouldn't have made it without your prayers. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. <laughs> This is like the most beautiful example to me of what Paul's talking about. And yet they also told me, it's not because we're so awesome. It's thank you for your prayers. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But I want to affirm, look for it then. Don't just say, well, I don't have a model. There are godly people, mentors, right? Mm -hmm. Jason and then Rodney. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Well, none of the models are perfect. There are some models that might be better examples that can help. And I know like my friends and I, sometimes we've looked and we've seen, oh, we like how this family does a certain thing or this family does a certain thing. And it's not that we're wanting to compare, but it gives us a little glimpse that could be helpful if there was something. And there was, there's always something that you're going to be lacking. So you can find that in, you know, another family that might be emulating Christ in a certain way. I remember someone came to me, uh, I was a young pastor, and said, uh, he said, I believe what you say about God's plan for families by the way you treat your wife. Mm. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So people watch, but yeah. we can find a model. Uh, yes. Rodney. Uh, yes, so I think we can, we, we should ask, uh, as, as we have said earlier, I think we also should look for a model. I think there's another step, which is we need to act on what we see. Yes. So in other words, if we are seeing that, the, the, and again, nobody's perfect, no, no couple is perfect, but we, if we see the model, then it behoves us as husband now to act on that. I give you a simple example. There are husbands um, who are unable for some reason to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So if you see that model where you have couples saying that they're sorry for the ills that they have done to each other, and you just see that and not act on it to say, God, just help me, please, to give me the strength to be able to say to my wife when I'm wrong, I'm sorry. So it takes time. It, and, I, and I like the, the process of sanctification. It takes a lifetime. So we just need to grow step by step in Christ. Mm. That's, that's a big one. Uh, some of us grew up in families where we never heard, I'm sorry. Mm. But then you see a model mm. where someone says, honey, I'm really sorry. And that's not, I'm sorry. Not that kind <laughs> of I'm sorry, right? But really, I'm, I'm sorry. And you go, wow, I need to learn that. Samantha, I want you to take us on to verses 28 and 29 of Ephesians 5 because you alluded to, to another piece of Paul's counsel as we're talking about Ephesians. how husbands should treat their wives as followers of Jesus. Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 28 and 29. Okay, Ephesians 5, 28 and 29, I will read from the New King James Version. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So I want to hold to those two verbs, nourish and cherish. Okay. First, we've been told as husbands, those of us who are husbands, to love in a self-sacrificial way, right? Yep. But now we come to two verbs. So uh, let me ask your husband, Jason, uh, what do you think it means to nourish your wife as a Christian husband? Sure. So when I think of nourish, I think of kind of the food, you know, physically, if I'm nourishing myself, I'm taking in good food that's healthy for me. So in a relational sense, I provide good emotional support to my wife. I give her enrichment. I help bring her experiences that will help her, that will help our marriage, that will help us grow closer to Christ and closer to each other. All right, Jackson, did you want to add to that? So some many times we think nourishment is all about giving. Sometimes it also is about giving them some time, giving them, give them, giving them some space to work on with their own relationship with God so that it will be easy for them to grow. Wow. So nourishing as a husband, for me, might be cleaning up the kitchen. Mm. Oh, boy, I stepped onto dangerous ground <laughs> there, didn't I? Uh, doing some things that would give my spouse a little time to, um, to grow herself, mm. right? In whatever way, reading, uh, exercising. Jonathan. Yeah, I found very striking the, or humbling, I guess, the picture where it said that she might be holy and without blemish. Like, what role does my life or should my life play? I mean, like, certainly man and wife do shape each other, do help each other. Like, but 
am, am it, it seems like I, there is a, a degree to which I have to be careful and responsible how I encourage things or or whatever in, in my wife that, that that affect her spiritual life as well like that's sure. that's humbling sure second verb to cherish now mm. I I think uh, there's not a, a spouse a, a wife watching or a single person who may at some point be a, sp a wife who would not want to be cherished I mean that's just that's just a beautiful verb isn't it it's actually the same verb that's used uh, by Paul for a, a, a nurse caring for a little baby. Mm -hmm. it's, very ten it's a very tender word. Mm. So um, let me go to Rodney again as a husband. Rodney, mm. uh, what would be some ways that your wife, you said you've been married for more than 20 years now, uh, what would be some ways that your wife would know that she is cherished by you? And by no means, I'm an expert after 20 years, uh, but <laughs> still learning faster, still learning. Yes. So, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question because very recently, uh, my wife, my wife's name is Donna, and we were having the conversation about what do we really appreciate about each other? What's our love language, if you will? Mm -hmm. And um, it was revealing. It was indeed revealing. And so some of the ways would be, as you just said, Derek, which is um, cooking a meal, right? Um, she may be tired coming in um, and the meal is already prepared. Um, it could be, you know, taking the kids out for a walk while she just, because she loves reading. It could be, you know, she curls up in bed and she reads a book. There are various ways, and, and that is why the communication between husband and wife has to be really, really, really intense because we also change over time. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to live and we continue to grow um, with each other, having Jesus at the center of our family. So Rodney made an important point, and that is people receive feeling cherished in different ways, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Some yes. words of affirmation, some gifts, mm -hmm. some uh, um, quality time. Quality time. Quality time. <laughs> There's yes. five love languages. Yes. Someone will have to look them all up. But, uh, yeah, these are ways that people feel cherished. Yep. And finding out what that love language is for the person would work with other relationships would help them to feel uh, cherished, right? So nourish and cherish them. And overarching all is Jesus is the example. Yes. Uh, how he loved the church and gave himself for her. Well, husband, a lesson learned or potential husband. I'm going to go to the husbands first. Jackson. Uh, you've been married for how long now? For a year. One oh. year. You are an expert now <laughs> in knowing how much you need to learn, right? Um, so we've been studying not my opinion, your opinion, but inspired counsel from Paul. What would you as a Christian husband say is an important takeaway for you? I would say the central aspect of God's love is forgiveness. And I would say that I should be ready to forgive mm. my wife for what she would do in the future, she might do in the future. So you think there'll be some times she may fail to meet your hopes expectations. and expectations? Yes. And, and you also 
I will. To meet hers, I will. Right? <laughs> so that, that aspect of forgiveness, you think that's important? Oh, Jonathan, you want to add something? What would, what would be the most important takeaway for you as a Christian husband? I guess just coming back to the... You're much more experienced, by the way. Oh, you can married about four years, right? <laughs> Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Um, no, it's just, it, it's humbling. I don't know that there's um, just looking at Christ and seeing his example, his willingness, the, the calling to a husband is, is immense and um, more than it, we can do on our own. And so it's just, I guess, the humbling and trying to say, oh, Lord, help, help me. So. Fill me with your love. Yeah. Let your love flow through me. I want to talk to our expert single people here now. Uh, Zandile, you've been listening to Council for Christian Wives, Council for Christian Husbands. Samuel, you've been listening very attentively. <laughs> Stephanie, you, you've uh, got some of you may have a, a gift of being single, or you might say, no, someday I'd like to be married. But what lesson either way have you learned? Uh, Personally, I have learned that uh, the Bible says submitting to one another in the fear of God. Mm. So uh, the counsel that I'm taking is that I have to have a relationship with God prior to me finding uh, the husband. Okay. Because that relationship mm. with God will then help me. Uh, Christ in me will help me to submit to him mm. and not have any negative feelings like he's controlling me or he's demanding. But Christ in me will help me because uh, I am learning of Christ who is meek and lowly. Would you say it would be an essential qualification if you're getting to know someone? Does this person reverence the Lord? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because yes. the relationship is going to be based on that, right? Yes. Glennie, I'm going to come to you in a minute, but uh, Sam first, Samuel. Yes, I mean, as, as I've been listening, <laughs> um, the calling on husbands is immense. You know, it's a calling to reflect Christ's love, that self-sacrificing love. And I know that I cannot do that by myself. None of us can. Yes. And so what do I do? Just like Paul says, you know, therefore be imitators of God. You know, and that is the essential quality because if I can, I know in my singlehood, imitate Christ's love, if it is God's will, He will provide, you know, mm. that spouse where now God places me in that situation where I can grow in that uh, understanding of imitating His love for me to them. Mm. Mm. Stephanie? Yeah, I. it's similar to uh, what Zendili has already shared, but um, I put... I wrote down, having a loving, committed relationship with God is foundational to having a loving, committed relationship with any other human being. Glennie, mm. what are your thoughts? You, you obviously uh, talk to many people in, in your graduate work as a counselor, but what about for you personally? What would you say you've learned from our study that's important for you? So in, in reading this chapter, the, the thing that came to mind was that marriage can be beautiful, in fact, extremely beautiful. Unfortunately, for some of us or most of us, the, the image of marriage has been something that's associated with pain and confusion. But to see that God has given guidelines, like the commandments for a flourishing marriage, that is so uh, comforting. And I was just talking to a healthy couple yesterday who was saying, I don't get why people say that marriage is so super hard. I, it's... As, as long as you have the same core values and you learn to esteem the other person higher than yourself, marriage can, is such a beautiful thing. So that's a nice thing to be aware of. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, as long as, and those are big mm-hmm. things, aren't they? <laughs> Same core values, especially Christ mm-hmm. as the very foundation and mutual respect. Um, yeah. those, are, those are big issues when you're building a relationship. Let's look at the last verse in the chapter, verse 33, where Paul summarizes all of these ideas. And Zandili, would you read that for us? Ephesians 5, verse 33. I'm interested in your thoughts on his summary statement. He's talked about mutual submission, working together out of reverence for God, wives, how we should relate to our husbands, husbands, how we should relate to our wives in the Lord. Mm. Let's look at the summary statement in verse 33. Okay, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and uh, verse 33 says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, some scholars have noticed that it doesn't use the same verb for each one. It it emphasizes to husbands this agape, Mm -hmm. self-sacrificing love. And to the wife, it says respect. Is there something very deep there? I mean, shouldn't wives also love their husbands? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't husbands respect their wives? Mm -hmm. But but it uses these two different words which are really important. Why do you think that is, Nicole? We're different individuals, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, men and women are different, and we combine to make a team. And right. so there's a different feeling that women have than men have. And so when I look at this verse, I think there's a way to treat a woman that is different than how women would treat a man. Right. And right. so we have to respect that I may need something as a woman, and you need someone as a man, and so I have to respect that I can get that and give it to you as a man. And so, mm-hmm. once again, as someone said earlier, we can't do that on our own. We have to ask the Lord to give us guidance and understanding of the person that we're with to give them what they need in their situation. Mm-hmm. So I want to wrap up our study. Thank you for sharing that. I want to wrap up our study with this theme repeated through the chapter of how Christ loves us mm-hmm. as his bride, He loves the church and gave himself for us. Mm -hmm. When did you come to the awareness? We talked about in the past having faulty views of what God is like and God's just mad at us and he doesn't care about us at all, which Mm -hmm. is such a distortion of the truth. Mm -hmm. When did you come to a realization how much Jesus loves you that he would give himself literally for you? Anybody want to share? When did, when did you come to that realization? Sandili, we don't know a lot about you growing up, but when did you come to realize, well, Jesus really loves me? Mm. Uh, I am reminded of uh, the time when I was planning to move this side. Uh, when from I was, South Africa? From South Africa, yes. When I was back home, it was during the pandemic. And it was so difficult for you to get a, a date to go to the consulate for the interview. And a lot of people were being denied. Mm-hmm. But uh, at that time, I was praying and with my family, we were praying. I went for the interview and the consular, the guy who was interviewing me said, I know everything that you're going to say. And he handed me the drug and alcohol uh, document to read and I was like read your visa has been approved and from that moment I was like God all these questions all these rehearsals that I, I had sleepless nights I was trying to master all the answers I didn't even respond to anything apart from where I was going 
and the address of where I was going. So I think sometimes God comes to us in very uh, different ways. And, and in that experience, Zandili, you became aware of how much He loved you? Yes, how and I was so sure that He has covered, He has everything covered for me <laughs> when I get this side. Somebody else, when did you come to a realization, Nicole, how much Jesus loves you? Well, you know, I'm, I come to that realization all the time when things happen in my life, throughout my life. But when I had my first child, mm -hmm. I realized when I saw her and, and the dependence she had on me, that God really loves me because I couldn't have the love for her if he didn't have that love for me. Mm -hmm. So final question, Stephanie, I'll ask you, how can we help others to realize how much Jesus loves them? Because we know he wants to spend eternity with them. Well, we could always share that with them verbally, but I think we can also demonstrate that re uh, level of respect to them mm. so that they understand they are worth, they're mm. of value, they're a human mm. being, they're not just a number. Mm. So demonstrating respect for human beings mm. goes a long way to help mm. them understand the value they have in Jesus. Mm. Well, maybe you're watching today, maybe you're struggling in your home. Um, I do believe that that Jesus can heal marriages, mm. but it's going to take both parties yes. submitting, submitting to Jesus, right? That's to allow right. his healing presence. Some of you say, Derek, I'm so lonely, I, but I don't want to rush into a relationship with someone who doesn't reverence God. Mm -hmm. And I would say to you, don't. you made the right choice. <laughs> Wait yeah. until God leads you to someone who loves God and also loves you as Christ loves the church. Mm -hmm. Let God guide you in mm -hmm. all of your relationships. For those of us who are blessed to be in a happy relationship, let's be a model, an example to others who may be saying, I don't know what that looks like. Invite them to come over, not as if we're perfect, but we are fellow pilgrims on the journey reflecting the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Thank you for this practical counsel for husbands, wives, and single people all at the foot of the cross, learning from Jesus who gave himself for us. May his love be reflected in all of our relationships, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. Some of us are going to get notes from our spouses saying, pay attention to what you just heard. We know none of us is perfect. We're all learning in the school of Christ, but let his love be poured into your heart and be a blessing to those around you.